Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. We're two factually and verifiably meaningless people. <laughs> Talk about very meaningful things. Uh, our little hodgepodge of Christian topics. I'm Chris, and with me as always is... Leslie. All right. You did really good. Thanks. You did really good. She, she just balled her fists up. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into today. Let's start Thanks. out with some dedications to start this, start this thing off. Okay. I have a problem. What? I forgot mine. But you, like you were going to go Actually, first. I just remembered it. Okay. okay. This is truly what I was, who I was going to dedicate it to. Are you ready? That's why we're recording. I would like to dedicate this podcast episode to Chris Gore. Oh, come on. What? <laughs> no, it's funny. No, I really would. And I I realized, like, I could dedicate it to you at any point. I could dedicate every episode to you as I am in the t- Chris Gore of this week. I so, am in total agreement with you. I dedicate this podcast to the Chris Gore of today... Who what does that mean? Fixed my dishwasher. Oh. So our dishwasher broke two weeks ago. We thought irreparably. Mm-hmm. And or irreparably, <laughs> to make it even more clear what our worry was. <laughs> yeah, and so it's not a great time in the family budget to be when going. You're a Southern Baptist <laughs> pastor. With five kids, it's never and a stay-at-home a great, wife. And a stay-at-home wife, it's never a great time in the family budget for a to have, dishwasher. To have anything break down, yeah. you're never like this is the perfect, perfect time timing. to buy an appliance. <laughs> this is we were sitting. I was sitting on my you know Scrooge McDuck pile of gold coins <laughs> and decided I'm tired of this. Let's let's buy us an appliance. Yeah. Yeah, so I got we I got worried because I was looking at our yeah I was looking at our budget for when we built the house and how much we spent on appliances mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I couldn't find the line item but I saw how much we spent as a whole, <laughs> and so I just divided that by the number of appliances and, and I was like no. oh we do not have we do not have that a much big money. gulp went through yes. the house yes yeah so I mean we were gonna work it out we would have made it happen but it I was... don't you're fairly confident I'm not so <laughs> confident. <laughs> I mean, we could have worked it out and made it happen, but yeah. I don't know what that would have looked like. Yeah. So, in the meantime... I think your version of worked it out and make it happen in mine might have been a little maybe. different. Because by a few... After a little bit of time, you were... I was ready. Ready. But I was being cheerful. Did you notice? Yes. And I'm not oh, trying no. to dedicate this podcast to me. No, you totally are switching it back to you now. <laughs> I did really try to be cheerful about it, and one thing that was really good is it did help me to realize what a great thing a dishwasher is. So everybody hug your dishwashers, and just, it is a huge time saver. I feel like this is obvious, but it really is, so thank you, dishwashers. Unless you're those people who really wash their dishes before they put them in the dishwasher. Well, we kind of do that. No, you can rinse your dishes. Mm-hmm. But there are people oh. who like scrub them mm-hmm. and then do and then put it in the dishwasher. Then it's yeah. not yeah. time-saving. No. But as I was washing the lineup of dishes, 
It, it took a long time to do it right. Yeah, when you know, I think of the dishwasher kind of as like a safety net. Mm-hmm. So I normally give them a pretty good scrub. Mm-hmm. I don't use, you know, so you've got to use soap mm-hmm. to get a lot of the stuff off mm-hmm. anyway. And and it is good to totally. I've learned this. It learned. I've learned so much about dishwashers. Yeah, <laughs> this week he could do. I could do. He could a do a podcast dishwasher about podcast dishwashers. about these amazing machines and how they work. Um, and I will because the people, as I've talked to people, don't know about this. Uh, your dishwasher does not fill all the way up with water. Mm-hmm. It just fills up the very bottom part. You mm-hmm. got a little heating element in there, just like in the oven. You know the heating element, the little mm-hmm. thing. So it fills that up. It's about six gallons. Mm-hmm. Six gallons is all. Hmm. It doesn't. I mean, that's a huge. And then there's a pump down there that then pumps the water. Through the various outlets, the spinny deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if that gets... So if you ever have low output or mm-hmm. your dishes aren't getting as clean, you need to check that pump because that's also where the drain is. And uh, so if you've got a lot of debris down there, it will Which it will minimize the ability apparently. to pump. Yeah, we, <laughs> we had, did. Yeah. We did not have as much debris. Like, I watched videos because you Google everything, right? To uh-huh. figure out how to do it. People had like... Kernels of corn. Mm-hmm. I, these people, I, I don't know. Like, I was like, how do you get that down? They're like wads of hair. Mm-hmm. This guy, the one guy was like, I have dog hair. And I'm like, what? <laughs> how is that even possible? And he was just matter of fact. He's like, of course, a bunch of dog hair. And I was like, what do you mean, of course? What's going on? I just want, like, I That's wanted, weird. like, I, that was the first person I ever wished had, like, a vlog. Do you think he you washed know? his dog in the dishwasher? I don't know. That I would kill know. a dog, right? Yeah, especially if it was, like, dog hair and a collar. I would have been like, yeesh. <laughs> that would have been a morbid sort of, but, like. That's weird. Maybe corn, he washed like said, his corn, dog's pumpkin dishes. seeds. But we had, like, little shards of broken, that's what we had most of, little Chips out of glasses and chips mm-hmm. off of plates that had mm-hmm. gotten down there, and they can't get through your little drain at the bottom. And, and so, speaking of that, this is kind of and, and great off subject. Stems. Yeah, mm-hmm. grape stems. Um, I realized today, I or yesterday, I broke another dish. We have these little yeah. vintage white dishes that I love so much, and but like, they they break. You break them. They don't break. You drop them like a four-foot drop. <laughs> and when they hit the ground, they shatter yeah. as most things will. Right. But here's what I was thinking. So it's not like you're washing them and they're breaking. Because there are dishes like that. Yeah. Where no, you're no, like, no. Oh. oh, yeah. No, it's all me. Or the kids. Did you know I've, or... I've broken more dishes in the sink washing them than I think I have dropping them? I, or like turning to put them in the dishwasher and you smack them against the side of the mm, counter. Mm-hmm. Broken a lot that way. But here's what I was thinking. Mm. It's kind of scary. Like this, these dishes, we are making them extinct. Oh, because they're old? Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like we should be allowed to have these anymore. Okay. Is this like a ploy to get new dishes? No, I'm just, I just don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't want to be the reason that these dishes are gone from the planet because the Gore family. Yeah, what you need to do is learn how to dishes like this but anyway back to the dishwasher but oh i just Uh, oh do you want to talk more about the dishwasher? yeah i think people need to know i got one more thing about the dishwasher is you should clean it once a month that's apparently 
common dishwasher knowledge etiquette. that I did not know. Dishwasher etiquette. Because everywhere I went, everywhere, it was the same thing. One month, one month, one Like, all these various websites, one mm-hmm. month. And not just sharing the same article, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, everyone, one month. Even on, like, a... So, there's dishwasher soap, and then there's dishwasher cleaning soap. Mm-hmm. Which is just to clean the dishwasher, not to clean your dishes. Wow. And that, it was one month. And so, what we did is we just... So, but if you're not into chemicals... And all that, and don't want mm-hmm. have to worry about it. Or if you're like me and not into spending money on chemicals, mm-hmm. you can just do a cup of vinegar mm-hmm. in a in a like I put it in a measuring cup, sit it on the top shelf, mm-hmm. uh, top rack, facing mm-hmm. up, not down. Is your mom ass facing down? No, because <laughs> gravity still works in the dishwasher. Uh, and the dishwasher will run its cycle. Mm-hmm. By the end of the cycle, it'll be full, but full of water. Mm-hmm. It'll have sort of you know, rinse that vinegar. And it cleaned it. Yeah, it's so shiny. And I just then followed it up with a cup of baking soda and ran it on a shorter cycle. Mm-hmm. So you do the distilled vinegar on your longest cycle, like pots and pans mm-hmm. or heavy wash, whatever. Yeah. And so it ran for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then did the, and the baking soda. Just followed you up with just baking soda. just did another one. Just opened it up right before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Looks really good. I was, and because we haven't done this, you do it once a month. Or we haven't done it in every a, in 10 years. 10 years. We were exactly 120 of these uh, off. Uh, so, um, yeah. The things yeah, we learned. were behind. We were only behind Just 120. Just a wee bit. Yeah. Just a yeah. wee bit. But we've made five people, so. We have. And. We could have just let them start washing dishes. <laughs> True. But finding that, out how much dishwashers cost really motivated that me. That was one thing I did enjoy about having a, a broken dishwasher. They, they did really well. Was getting the kids in there. And my mom has always talked about how washing dishes by hand was one of her favorite times with her sister growing up. And it is. It's a good time to talk. You're side by side and you're working. And... Um, so I had some good conversations with each of the kids. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's good to just get them into used to doing yeah. any chore like that. And, and right they, now... And to work heartily in it. And I think one of the big things that used to get me about having kids do dishes is I didn't want them breaking dishes because uh-huh. that was expensive. I was always worried that they're going to drop something, mm-hmm. break something. But, you know. <laughs> and then I... And then we do. So, being yeah. the one that breaks everything. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a novelty, kind of fun thing for them. Uh-huh. And I, I laughed because the girls were so into it the first time. And they were like getting really dreamy about chores all of a sudden. I'm like, can we just start having, let's make a list so when we wake up in the morning we can do our chores and we'll do the dishes. And Is that where that came from? Is that yeah. why they started doing that? So um. now my next, my next plan is to talk to them about how to be a true help you have to do jobs that you don't really feel like doing sometimes because mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes it's it's easy to do the jobs you want to do and because it, it's fun like yeah. they want to mop all the mm-hmm. time but you have to do the other stuff too so anyway all that to say thank you i have to applaud you you got in there today you could have done a thousand other things today and i'm sure you had a thousand other things to do that I are still pressing, did a thousand things that are pressing you <laughs> And uh, you took that dishwasher totally apart, and you you got it done. I beasted that thing. Thank you. Made it so. Yeah. Okay. We're good. I'm glad because it, it. I'm glad that it worked. 
I didn't know that it was going to work. There was a chance, but I Googled and this was like, I was like Googled like what, you know, top rack, not cleaning well, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And it was like everything was saying this was the issue. So mm-hmm. That's why we gave you that little bit of tidbit too, because apparently yeah. this is a thing. And everyone I've talked to about it had no idea right. about some of this stuff. They've never, yeah. and it just, so appliances punch, are so expensive if cast. putting a cup of vinegar in them once a month <laughs> will help them last longer than by golly do it. You cannot uh, buy enough vinegar to, to, to make up for that. So, uh, all right, well, my dedication is to not you. I'll, you won that race. Mm-hmm. We had made a joke about who was going to be the first one to dedicate it mm-hmm. to the other. Mm-hmm. You win. Yes. Thank uh, you. My goal is to never dedicate one to you. So let's see if I <laughs> Great. Win. Wonderful. Yeah. And this seems sweet. Uh, my dedication is to chiggers. Chairs? Chiggers. Oh, ch- Yes, chairs as well. <laughs> chiggers. Okay. okay. I hate them. <laughs> Um, you keep doing this. No, no. I mean, I did it to summer to be like. I just want to say, <laughs> chiggers have forced me to think about a lot this week. Okay. One, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> right, because I was working for your dad. Right. And mowing seven foot tall grass in a gas plant booster yard thing, and next morning I've never been that covered in bug bites. Mm-hmm. It was. Bad. Yeah, it was horrible. And they just, it's been a week now, and mm-hmm. they're just not itching. Mm-hmm. Had a solid week of itching from mid-torso all the way down to my feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was no fun. Mm-mm. No. But I did, well, I mean, it's all right. I recommend this. Shorts. Thanks. You should dedicate it to shorts. Why shorts? Because <laughs> that's what got you through. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, I mean, when I had pants on, and it was funny, I couldn't move very fast because if I moved, it would get my blood flowing. And if my blood started really flowing, not mm-hmm. even just, if I got hot, it was bad. But if my blood, like if I ran somewhere really fast, it would, like all of a sudden I could feel them. Each of them would just start itching like uncontrollably. So, yeah. But there is... Uh, Equate. Mm -hmm. That was like the best anti-itch stuff. And it was a recommendation from one of our church members, Megan. Uh, And I put it on and it creates like a paste, not like a paste, but like a thin film Mm -hmm. over it. Mm -hmm. It's a clear liquid, but Mm -hmm. uh, it was was something Equate. This is a Walmart brand. Anyway, I wish I had it in here. It was, she said it works really well and it did. Mm -hmm. It really did. So, I was surprised by that. <laughs> well, we've spent approximately one quarter of our episode on dedications. Yes. Which is very, Which is reasonable. normal. Or maybe less than we normally do. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that mine was not very long. Yeah, you did great. But chiggers, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us go, more about go chiggers. Go another ten minutes into chiggers. <laughs> it's like the poison. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So this week is kind of a of a special week, special uh-huh. subject. It is. Um, this is a subject that's dear to our hearts and and part of our our lives as as uh, church members here in Bags and as a pastor and you go through it as a pastor's wife, um, and it's our first uh, 
question that came from Ask the Podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were going to... And it was funny because we. this is something we've been wanting to talk about. And I don't even know if we'd mentioned it. Have we mentioned it before? Uh, no, but I have... I have been meaning to write up a blog post about this for years. Yeah, you've talked about this a ton. Yeah. Like wanting to And do I've had like... people ask, like, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited and, to and so share it. what are we talking about today? What's our main course Our for main the day? course is having children in church, in worship. Children in the worship service. Yeah. Yeah, how to kill it. No, wait. Which one, which one are you taking pro or con? How to scare the Holy How Spirit to, away. Yeah. My children are killing the Holy Spirit. Runs away from them. No, about the the joys and the, I would say, the duty mm-hmm. of, uh, of, and delight. Right. Of children in worship with the church body mm-hmm. especially the parents uh so yeah that's our mm-hmm. that's our subject for today and i i would like to preface this one by saying to to be careful here because your church may do this differently yeah, yeah. and so we will be sharing today what we have done, yes. what we believe in, mm-hmm. like this is not just something we think is a, a great idea. Like we believe in this and, and we will, I mean, I'm going to be, we'll talk about some scripture with it. Right. Like why we believe this, not just because we, you know, just mm-hmm. were like one day like, you know what, let's try this. Yeah. Um, but recognize as I always say, as my caveat, I am not your pastor. Right. Yes. And so, uh, and in Scripture tells me to shepherd the um, among me flock, and so I'm not pastoring you in this. Mm-hmm. I would advise you if if you do feel a certain way to go and and talk to your pastor. And I did have I, I had here in uh, to talk about this. This is I don't believe this is something to leave uh, a church over, mm-hmm. um, unless of course the church won't let you take your kids into worship. Right. Then we're like, if you're like, I'd love for my kids to come into worship. You're like, sorry, that's not possible. Uh, then, but even then, uh, so whatever it is, I would, I would talk to, if, if you, even if you want to do this, I wouldn't just do this. If your church is doing something, uh, where the kids are either, maybe there's a children's sermon, so to speak, or, uh, you take the kids out of worship for a children's church and you're like, ah, man, I'm just not comfortable with that. I don't think that's the best model. I would talk to your pastors about it. Mm-hmm. Talk to your elders uh, and tell them why you feel the way you feel and then trust that they are there to keep watch over your souls and that they, the Lord can use this if you do it in a, a kind and humble fashion, submitting to their leadership uh, and and again, submitting to their leadership doesn't mean you can't bring because they're not going to be forcing you mm-hmm. to send your kids to to children's church and they, mm-hmm. that they can't be in worship with you. In which case, we could show that they would be breaking scripture. Um, but uh, you know, you might just be the catalyst for change. It might be that they they've been afraid to bring this up that they've wanted to do this, mm-hmm. but children's church is like a golden calf. <laughs> For people, John Piper, I remember John Piper said, 
This is one of the most difficult issues he's dealt with in his ministry. Mm-hmm. And well, if you don't have a strong... Yeah, and, and we know. We've, we had people leave our church mm-hmm. and throw a big stink because we wanted to have the kids who were older. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have a nursery for, for younger kids, like two, three uh, down. But we were having kids sitting in nursery that were seven, eight... Mm-hmm. And then children's church all the way up to like 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, we were like, hey, we think there's really good biblical reason mm-hmm. to have children in worship with, with people. And, man, people were like, all right, like we love you or whatever, but we're done with this church. Like we will not, like, like of all the things like mm-hmm. that, that they could have left on or mm-hmm. been upset about. Like us saying, let's worship with kids was like, that's the nail in the coffin. You Mm -hmm. had me till you wanted to do that. So I think Piper's right. This is something that, uh, is, is very, uh, is very touchy for people. It is. So let's just talk about. (laughs) We're going to touch it. Right? We're like kids messing with a fire. Like, hey, that'll burn you. So what we're going to do is we're going to stick our hands right in that fire. And we're gonna we're gonna tell you. You are. I'm just here. Feel. I'm just here yeah. sitting next to you. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all I'm doing is sitting and listening to you. Yeah. So, what do you want me to talk about then? Well, like why? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think there are two two big issues that people deal with 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 children in church. Uh, two things that I think drive why we do children's church. Uh, two big mindsets that I think are wrong mindsets to have and that end up leading us down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. The the one is the idea that children aren't ready mm-hmm. for the word. They're not they're just not ready for preaching. They're not ready for worship. They're not ready for whatever. Mm-hmm. The other is that children are a problem to worship. Mm-hmm. They're a distraction. They, parents need to get away from their kids, whatever. They need to be able to focus. They need to be able to focus or they need a rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of those is just wrong. Mm-hmm. Wrong-headed even. I think the other one is sinful. <laughs> I think the other one is just wicked. Uh, so so I think let, let's do with the idea that children, that children aren't ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've got plenty of evidence in the Bible that that idea that children aren't ready for worship just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Would that be like over their heads when yeah. people say they're not re- like they can't understand, right? And they're they not can't gonna get grasp. it, and so then they're not going to grasp it. So we've got to water it down on their level, get it on their level, right? And I think the Bible doesn't the Bible doesn't talk about it like that. Mm-mm. And so we've created uh, this idea. I mean, when you look at scripture, what do you see in scripture? You see passages like. Mm-hmm. Let the children come to me, right? She's just saying, like, let them Jesus come. Christ. Yeah, the <laughs> disciples, disciples tried it. Like, so think about it. These children are sitting through the greatest and deepest sermons ever preached, right? Sermon, sermon on the mount type level, and Jesus is like, yeah, let them come, mm-hmm. let them be here, let them see the miracles that prove I am the Christ. 
Let them hear the messages. Let them hear these these words. Uh, and even says that believer. So even says that believers need to be like little children. Mm-hmm. Like the problem isn't that the children aren't ready to have a faith like ours. The problem is more that our faith isn't like the children's faith. Mm. And it would actually probably be better for us to see how kids worship so we could model their worship. And one of the reasons we don't bring them into worship might be because Satan uh, (laughs) doesn't want us to see what genuine, heartfelt, submissive faith looks like. Mm. Uh, And so uh, I think that idea that the children just aren't ready, that they can't get it, that it's over their heads. You've just had so many biblical examples that show that is not what scripture mm-hmm. teaches. That's not what Christ seemed to think. Mm-hmm. So unless your pastor is going deeper than Christ, uh, unless he is, you know, his his parables are so much more enigmatic than Christ's, um, I, I think the idea <laughs> that uh, the children aren't going to be ready, that, that, that they'd be ready for Jesus, but not ready for your preacher's the, three points in a poem. The word of the law. Because if you're like, if you're looking at most, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Your church may not be like this. It may be a great expository, but it's often the case that you should go to churches in churches that are basically watered down worship anyway, mm-hmm. right? Where we do three points and they're all alliterated and it's got a poem at the end and it's twenty minutes uh, and we're out. Mm-hmm. And the, where the preacher's really just trying to give you one caveat, one thing to think. He he's already thinking that you have the the brain of a child, and yet you can't grasp it. So if so if 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 they can't sit into that, you know what? And and so when you look at scripture, so so you've got that. You've also got in scripture even commands given to children throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. So you go back all the way into the Ten Commandments. What is one of the Ten Commandments? Obey your parents. Yeah. Honor your father father and mother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, you you were jumping to the New Testament. But yeah, (laughs) Uh, one of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother. That's a commandment written for children to grasp. And in the New Testament, you mentioned it in Ephesians. Mm -hmm. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So here's the book of Ephesians, which is like the book of Romans in condensed form. Condensed. Condensed. (laughs) I was going to go with concise. So it's like this, it's like this cram pack, like you read Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2 mm-hmm. and you've got, I mean, you're, you've got all of this about what God has done. I mean, you've got predestination, election, mm-hmm. you've got all the works that Christ has done. You've got, you've saved by grace through faith. You've got all of this. And in that same book, it's expecting that children are reading that. Hmm. So this isn't third John, mm-hmm. you know, which third, I mean, let's not talk about third John, but this isn't like. <laughs> Some smaller, you know, short, pithy letter. Mm-hmm. This is a deep letter to a church that, that Paul cared deeply about, the church at Ephesus. And in that, he's expecting that the children are hearing or reading this letter. Mm-hmm. Children is what I want you to do. It's addressed to children. Mm-hmm. If Paul said that today, it'd have to be a separate service because the children would be in children's <laughs> church. So they, they'd be like, well, we, there's no reason to read this message. Mm-hmm. Because the children aren't in here. Because we've taken them out. So the Bible is actually expecting our children to be in there when the Bible is read and taught. And so we're choosing to take them out because we've decided uh, that they can't uh, that they can't grasp it. And that just doesn't make any... Why did Jesus say what he said if they can't grasp it? Mm-hmm. Why? 
they sure they sure can watch and learn from TV. They can learn songs. They can, you know, we talk about, hey, they're not ready for, they're not ready for, for worship songs or they're not ready for prayer. Or they're not ready for, but they sure grabbing all those other things from the world. Mm-hmm. They can sure sit and watch a movie for an hour and a half, you know, and, and learn from that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. I think when, when we go to start things like evaluating IQ levels or reading levels or comprehension levels based on modern education material, mm-hmm. well, the average four-year-old can or the six-year-old can only do this. And I think we're, we're, we are stealing, we're, one, we're co-opting the world's view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're letting modern, that broken thing called the modern education system. Mm-hmm. We're letting that define when kids are ready. Uh, and then we're, I think, robbing God's word of its power. Yeah. I mean, God's word, what does it say? Psalm 19, that it makes wise the simple. Mm-hmm. So if you think your kids are simple, good. God's word makes wise the simple. So I think the idea that kids aren't ready, that's just a wrong-headed idea. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I think it's, I think it's well-meaning because mm-hmm. you want your kids to get right. something. You right, don't right. want them to... And so you're like, oh, they're here. I want them to learn. Yes. And I think I think you just need to have faith that the Bible wants that as well. Mm-hmm. And that the best even way... Even more than you yeah, do. Yeah, even more than you do. And that the best God way, loves children even yes, more than you do. Yes, yes. So, so I would say that one's the wrong hit. Now, the, the wrong one is or the, the sinful one is that children are a problem. Yeah. And I think that's an insidious one that's that's the onion layer in some of this. Yeah. For yeah. some people. Yeah, and it uh, might be both people yeah, it in might, the church. It, it, and you might have some people in the church that, together. <laughs> and you might have some people who think the children aren't ready for it as a way to say, because I'm not ready to have my kids with me. <laughs> right. And they're not going to say, I don't want my kids. They're yeah. going to say, I don't I think, think Johnny's ready. Let's just give them something on their level. And in their head, they're going, please don't make me have to sit with them for 45 minutes. <laughs> I do it at home. I need a, you know, I need a break, you know, or something like that. Uh, the Bible actually says children aren't a problem. You know, let the children come. That the that the problem is uh, is when we try and keep them from coming. That's mm-hmm. when the Bible. So it's the funny. People who get in trouble. The people who get in trouble in the Bible <laughs> are those. Who try and keep the kids from coming. <laughs> so when you're talking about when the Bible talks about when kids are a problem, the only time it's a problem is when you try and keep them from coming to hear mm-hmm. the word. Because that's what happens when the when the disciples when the disciples treated children as the problem for Christ's teaching, you know, they're mm-hmm. upset that they were there. Mm-hmm. Why are these children here? What happens to them? They're rebuked for it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I say it's a sinful thing, because you have someone when rebuked in scripture for doing that same thing. We're saying, ugh, why are the kids here? Mm-hmm. Get these kids out of here. You know, they're a problem. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think often the real problem, like I said, is, is us, parents. Mm-hmm. And I think when we'll put on those lenses, we'll hopefully have some confessional, mm-hmm. some repentance, uh, some prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a hard thing. This is, this is, or maybe something that I've failed at, and now Johnny is 
13, and I don't know that he's ever sat with me through a worship he service. He still doesn't know how to sit And he church. still can't sit through church, right. and he just wants to get out of children's church, because that's what hap- has happened now. Mm-hmm. Children's church has now grown into youth church. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, even when we were youth, we were helping with children's church. Yes! <laughs> Remember? Yes! So you'd, you'd have... Yes, that's, that's so true. <laughs> And so, oh, let's let the youth help because the parents want to, you know, to sit or or whatever. So and 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 it might also just be a waking up because sometimes we just do what has been done, and we haven't stopped to Mm -hmm. to really think about it. Say why is this done this way? Something my mom has often pointed out is why why do we why do we feel entitled to not be with our kids at church of all places. Mm-hmm. She's like, when you go to the grocery store, you don't expect someone's going to take care of my kids while I'm here at the grocery mm-hmm. store. But for some reason, this is the way it's been done. Yeah, parents get to church and it's like, and so parents even evaluate church based on yeah. nursery or whatever. And, and like, I understand, like in some cases, like if you got a baby, you don't want to go to some place that has like a dank nursery, <laughs> like a sketchy nursery. <laughs> but you also don't want to evaluate church like, okay, how quickly did they take away my kids? Yeah. Uh, and how, you know, right. that sort of, that sort of, right. you know, idea. Yeah. So I hope that this will serve as just a, a, a time to stop and, and think about why, why do we do this? Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes that's all you, and that's kind of what happened to me. Yeah. Because I, I grew up going to church with my parents in the worship service and it's a great memory for me. Mm-hmm. I remember just, you know, like you said, it's not like I remember all these things that I grasped, you know. Yeah. But I do remember being with my mom and dad. Mm. And I remember her shoes, like her pretty church shoes. And just things like, and just sitting with them and the, the, the awe of the music. And the, that this was a big deal. This is something yeah. we did as a family every week. And it, it felt important. And it felt big. And I felt safe because I was mm-hmm. with mom and dad. And... Um, but I remember when we started children's church, I was a little older and I really, I really believed in it because I wanted to, I wanted to help Mm -hmm. kids. And, and for the reasons that you you mentioned in the first point, like, I felt like we need to give them something that they can understand. So I was all in Mm -hmm. and all through my youth and, um, I felt like it was an important service and, um, but when we were in seminary, we attended a church one Sunday and the music, the, like the, the music of the worship service ended and I was just waiting for Jesus Loves Me to play and all the children to leave for mm-hmm. children's church because that's so what I had grown accustomed to and that didn't happen and already I remember there were children in the choir with adults and there were children in an orchestra playing violins with adults all during the, the music, which was different. But when all the kids stayed in church, I was like, what? What is going mm-hmm. on? And it was so beautiful. There were like rows of families sitting together through the mm-hmm. worship. And little, I remember their little legs just swinging. And they're all in a line by their mom and dad. And um, it just kind of was like a... It was like a, a slap in the face, but a really lovely one. It just mm. kind of woke me up to 
wait, there's a different way to do this. Mm-hmm. And it was around that same time that I read Vodi Bakum's Family Driven Faith. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the same. He was basically describing the kind of church we had just been to. Yeah. And it just caught my heart, you know? Um, so... Well, it's because it's a more <laughs> biblical model. Yeah. Right. So and I guess good. at that time in my life, I was waking up to all kinds of more biblical things. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's kind of when when uh, that changed for me. Yeah. Well, that's good. That, mm-hmm. It's amazing that, that see, because I grew up, uh, I went to church by myself. Mm-hmm. So... Um, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So for me, there was that slow... We, and we didn't have children's church. Mm-hmm. There was that slow growth into paying attention. And mm-hmm. it went from writing notes to keep myself awake to all of a sudden these notes have purpose. Yeah. And uh, so... How old, how old were you when you started going? Ten. So would you... Because this is an interesting thing. Like as a child who... Because I think that's who, mm-hmm. some of the reason people want to do children's church is for mm-hmm. kids like you, yeah. who maybe don't have a family there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you sit with the person who brought you to church? Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yes. And just take notes and, and draw and things like that. Mm-hmm. The, the bus driver. Mm-hmm. And his family. Yeah, and so I think I, okay. So I think what we, what I want to address in this is, mm-hmm. um, I think the heart of parents that why why do we have the where does this come from mm-hmm. in us that we can look out for, and that's what I was getting into with the confessional and the and the and the whatnot is I think there are a few things lying behind this mm-hmm. that you've got to watch out for. Mm-hmm. That can sort of color your view of children or even the the, the worship itself. Um, I think one thing that that might motivate us to not want our kids in there or whatever that we got to watch out for is being embarrassed by their movements. Mm-hmm. So I think some of it is just embarrassment that our kids are just unruly. Mm-hmm. You know, or worrying about that, even when they're just being kids. Right. Right. Not in really like disrespectful or, but just being children, mm-hmm. like not having self control because they barely have selves. <laughs> uh, you know, so just, their body's like just doing whatever. And sometimes we're, it's not that we're worried that the other person is distracted, mm-hmm. we're worried that the other person is attracted. To yeah. what we're doing and <laughs> right. noticing that our kids are acting that right. way, and we've always got to watch out for that as parents. That's a that's a motivation in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. It's a motivation, you know, anywhere you're in public is to overreact towards your kids like when they embarrass you like that. Yeah, and so you can get that way. Like, I don't want people seeing that my kid's going to be moving around and not mm-hmm. sitting, mm-hmm. and you know, taking wonderful notes. And right. so if I can just right uh, just get them, and and I mean, we haven't. A lot of times we haven't trained our kids right. to to be ready for 
for worship. And so the idea that they've never had anything like this, Mm -hmm. we don't read the Bible at home. Mm -hmm. We don't pray. We don't sing songs. We don't ever have moments where they sit. Mm -hmm. And how do we handle God's word? Mm -hmm. How do we respond to it? You know, how do we even just start sitting still? Right. You know, it's a lot to take. It's a lot if you've never done that. And especially if you're in a church that, that this isn't the common, like Mm -hmm. the norm. Because you do feel like everyone's watching you mm-hmm. when you have the only kid in yeah. church. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so there is a, I mean, it kind of starts like that. And I would say that the people are probably watching you. Yeah. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. No. It's not just... a bad thing. Uh, and and I think that we've got to, what we've got to be careful of is not seeing our kids as a blessing. Like, mm-hmm. if we don't see our kids as a blessing, mm-hmm. then... That's a that's a dangerous place to be. Like if, right. if we can start lamenting that our kids are with us at worship because mm-hmm. they're stealing from our worship mm. or stealing from other people's worship, I think both of those are just not things that the Bible talks about. Right. Right. And in fact, talks about the opposite mm-hmm. of of that. And if we don't see that our job, our job in those moments is to uh, train them up, and, and I think a lot of it does come down to a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of faith in when you bring them to church. There's a there's a lack of trust that God's word really is powerful, that it makes wise the simple. There's a lack of trust that the Holy Spirit actually is powerful. Mm-hmm. Like we may not be all Pentecostals, uh, but I, I think we think that the Holy Spirit is this timid little bird mm-hmm. that when your child makes a noise, all of a sudden he can't teach anybody in the church anything. No. And so your kid will be making noise and you'll be worried about them being a distraction or whatever to, to you or to all these people. It's like if my kid wasn't here, the Holy Spirit could do so much. And that's just not true. <laughs> right. Like the Holy Spirit can and will do right. whatever he God wills. God sort of made that baby. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Like that's not the, your child is not the monkey <laughs> wrench that throws off the sovereignty of God. No. And so we would talk about God's sovereignty over all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases unless there's a five-year-old in your pew. <laughs> and then he can't teach anybody in the church. And he was going to... So what happens is we get this idea like he was going to teach me this wonderful thing if I'd heard that sentence. Mm-hmm. And I just missed that sentence. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm not going to grow. Or the people behind me, they're looking at my kid, you know, as... He does something not intentionally sinful, mm-hmm. or, or even if it was intentionally sinful, like is they're looking at my kid as he's doing this or that, and so now you know their songs are messed up or their worship's messed up. They couldn't worship, and that is not that's just not scriptural. Mm-mm. It's not, and it shows a lack of faith uh, in both the power of the word, a lack of faith in the power of the Holy Spirit, and a lack of faith, I think, in the promises of God because. There are a lot of promises to parents mm-hmm. about God's faithfulness to their kids. Uh, and and they are always, always those promises are about getting them into the story. Mm-hmm. Into, tell them this story. Mm-hmm. Hold, you be faithful to this and you teach them this. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a watered down, not a dumbed down version. You teach them this. So everything from day and like, night. Yes. Like yeah. all the time, Yes. Right? So like you get to a passage like Deuteronomy 6, mm-hmm. the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Like this great grand testament of of biblical theology uh, and a section that we go, wow, that, you know, you look at Deuteronomy 6 and that's some 
pretty deep theological stuff. And yet, what does it tell us to do? It says, so, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your might. <clears throat> and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligent. Teach them. Not teach a watered-down version of them. Yeah. You shall teach these words. Deuteronomy. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you the book of Deuteronomy, and you're, gonna, you're supposed to teach them to your kids. Mm-hmm. To to your children, talk about them when you sit, like you said, when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, all those things, uh, put them on the doorposts of your house. In fact, the book of Deuteronomy ends with that same sort of thing. So in Deuteronomy 31, uh, you get the end of this and Moses says, assemble the people, men, women, and little children. Mm Mm-hmm. And the sojourner mm-hmm. in your midst. That's a good First Peter reference. Uh, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. Mm. And be careful to do all the words of this law. And that their children who have not known it may hear mm. and learn. Double references. They've just been given the law. Mm-hmm. Right, the part of the Bible that we have trouble reading. So you got your your through the Bible reading plan. You're like, oh, how am I going to get through the law? Right, uh, and that's the part that God specifically says: bring out your men, your women, and your little children, and let them hear this, mm-hmm. that they might learn. Mm-hmm. So God says, let them hear, and that they'll learn by hearing. Mm-hmm. We have to have faith that God's word does that. Yeah. That God didn't say that on accident because God had never thought of children's church. <laughs> You know, uh, because if your if your children couldn't get it, he would tell you that. Mm-hmm. If they needed something else to understand the gospel, mm-hmm. he would tell them that. If it was too deep, he would tell you that. Mm-hmm. And he never. Ever he never does. does. In fact, he tells you the opposite. He tells you get them in this. Let them hear. So this is you know every seven years they're reading this, reading the whole law. He says, bring your kids and let them let them hear someone read the law and explain it to them. Mm-hmm. Let them hear that. So. Uh, the problem is, we don't treat children like people, mm-hmm. and we don't treat the Bible like the powerful Word of God. Because if we did, we would uh, we would want them there in worship. Yeah, we would have the same gospel message to them, have to everyone else. I mean, you need to tell your you need to be telling your three year old repent mm-hmm. and believe. Mm-hmm. And they need, need be, to they need to see you hearing that. Yes. Yes. They need to see what they need to see you singing praises to the mm-hmm. Lord. They need to hear those same words, you know, and their parents responding to those words. Mm-hmm. They don't know what, how your life is changing based on God's word if they don't know what sermons you've mm-hmm. heard or they haven't been a part of. It. I mean, there's so many other reasons too, but uh, yeah. So treat your mm-hmm. children like people that are capable of understanding because God's word is capable mm-hmm. of teaching them. Treat the Holy Spirit as powerful. Treat the promises of God as real. Yeah. And then I think you'd have every motivation because it'd be, it's awesome to have your kids with you. Right. In and it is that awesome. is what we we can say now. We have, yeah. our oldest is 12. Yes. We have been in church for 12 years now yeah. with children. And I can testify that it is a glorious thing. Like I have no regrets having them there with us and 
it's been a joy to mm-hmm. grow in that. I mean, it hasn't always been easy at all, mm-hmm. but there are, there are a few things that trump sitting with your family at worship, hearing the word of God together, taking communion together. Like yeah. it's the, it's the best time yeah. of the week. It yeah. really is. Yep. So with that, if that's the motivation, that's the, the ground level for, here's the biblical reason that mm-hmm. children's church is not a necessity and in fact might be a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, what tips do you have? So you've, we've laid this out. Okay, do this. Scripture's yeah. calling you to do this. Do you have any sort of tips I for do. people? I have I think a that's, few tips. That's one thing that the, the person wrote in about. Like, I, I want do to do, do this. this. How? Yes, and I How? Because we don't have... Like our parents didn't teach us, right. you know, we don't, so we're going into this blind yeah. and might even be the fear of the rest of the church is watching. Right. So I want to make sure I do this well. I got to say, I had all of that. Mm-hmm. We had the only baby in church. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, even if your parents took you to church, when you have a newborn, it's all a new experience for you. Yeah. Like to, how am I going to teach yeah. this? This crying little human <laughs> to sit in church. It just seems impossible. But it is mm-hmm. not impossible. Um, so I think my number one thing I would... I and would, I'll let you run on the tips. Oh, thing Because okay. my, my job during children's church is to look at my kids... Or during, during worship <laughs> is to look at my kids from the pulpit. Right. <laughs> and just be like... Hi. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so doing? we do have a different, a little bit yeah, different, different perspective angle. with me being My job a is just not to, wife. here, if you're a pastor, your job is just not to freak out and yell at your kids during the sermon. Right. Right? Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, yeah. number one, be, be realistic about this training period is not going to be a 20-year process. So... It's not going to be long, so you have to keep a good imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, do not, you know, expect don't, to don't go think into you've this. Got the next eighteen years with a three-year-old, right? Yeah. So it's going to be intense at times to train a, a child to come to church for the first time, but it will not last very long if you are diligent and don't give up. Before you know it, you will be sitting in church with this kid, and the training will be over. So, um, go into it knowing this is not my forever reality. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one thing that I wish I had adapted earlier that I have really tapped into lately is to pray. Mm -hmm. The Lord is with you. He, like I said earlier, he made this kid. So he is, he made this kid and gave him to you. (laughs) Right. So I mean, like this soul is in your charge to do this thing. Right. And if he crafted the soul, he obviously knows how to help you Mm -hmm. shepherd it. So he cares for the soul and he cares for you. And yeah. yeah. And so I have learned to just every Sunday I pray, Lord help. Like right now I pray for baby Jack that he will do well during the church service and that, I pray that he'll fall asleep sometimes. And it's funny how often he does. Um, I pray that, and then on top of all that, that I will be, that I will keep a good attitude and that I will be patient Mm -hmm. and that I will be godly in my response to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like the Lord has honored that. Like just praying and committing it to him. 
He's so good. Mm-hmm. And I think he loves to answer our prayers. He, he does. I he think he can show look that, that up in mighty. the Bible. Yeah. Um, the next thing I would say is nip it in the bud. Like, get it done. Do it. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, you can prolong this. And I, I kind of mentioned that earlier. You can you can prolong this this whole process by keeping your kids in the nursery till they're four. And then sending them to children's church. Well, then they're going to be a 13-year-old who has never sat through a church service. And that that's going to bless everybody's day. <laughs> it's still going to be hard. So yes. I'm it's, telling you. I would you, think the only thing worse than a three-year-old that's untrained <laughs> would be an untrained teenager. Right. So I'm telling you, I've done this and it is worth it to just, the earlier you can do it, the better. And the better for you and the better for the kid. And it really is. And I have been amazed by... Yeah. How it has equipped us for other situations. Mm-hmm. Because our kids have learned early how to sit through church. We can go to weddings. We can go... Mm-hmm. Like, we've been in a lot of situations where um, our kids know how to sit. They just know how to sit and be quiet for a, a long time. Because we train them yeah. to sit in church. Yeah. So we'll have people come up and be like, you have such well-behaved kids. <laughs> And we're like, they have to sit through their dad preaching for an hour. <laughs> and then... Like, you can't match For that. a while, through like a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour Sunday night. Yeah, then Sunday night, you know, prayer meeting and Bible reading, <laughs> yeah. and they're, sit still, you know, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it really, it's, it's you a ain't blessing. Got, your, your wedding didn't have anything on this, <laughs> right. on a normal Sunday for them. Right. Um, just a really practical thing, um... If so, if your child is being really loud, and you, I feel like the ditch on both sides of the road. I feel like people can go too far and just not. There's a point where you need to take your child out mm-hmm. of the of the worship service, and I think you know when that is. Yeah. Um. So be be thoughtful yes. of that. You can be thoughtful without being fearful. Right. Yes. Right. Um, so when that does you can happen, you'd be talking about being like, I'm ruining everything. So if you're taking the child out <laughs> and you're going, well, I'm going to miss stuff. Yeah. And this is my, oh, great. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to, that wouldn't be good. No. And uh, if you're going, uh, or, you know, or if you're taking them out and the whole time they're crying, thinking of how he's messing up, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. But if you're just sitting there and no one can hear. And it's, your baby and it's is just screaming. Like, and you're not taking care of the child. It's not showing <laughs> just a, a love. Then you're, 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 you're showing your view of what. My attendance here, like we're gonna do that, like <laughs> yeah. handle it. Just be be reasonable. So I would, yeah, I would that. One of my tips was that I was gonna say is don't be afraid to leave and don't be afraid to stay. Right. Like there are times where your child is right on that borderline. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like every time you have to leave. Right. Like if you make if they make a noise, I gotta get them out of here. Right. But also don't be like I don't want to get don't up and leave. The, the, I don't want to be a distraction by leaving. Yeah. Or oh, no. I. No, this church needs to learn how to love kids, so I'm staying so in I'm here. So I'm Yeah. They need to see what loving the kid is, <laughs> and that's you getting up and consoling the kid, talking to the kid, and training, training the kid in private. Yes. Yeah, which you don't just do in front of everybody. Yeah. Um. So here's just one thing that I have learned to do is when I do have to take a, a baby out. And I really start training in earnest at about one and a half years old. Um, so when you do have to take the baby out, don't go to the nursery yeah, where all the toys with are. All the toys, yeah. Um, I found it really helpful to like with our firstborn. I would go to a Sunday school room, and we would I would say, like, you can sit with me in church and be quiet, or we're gonna sit here 
in this room and be quiet. Mm-hmm. But you're going to sit in your chair and you're not going to get up. And so to make it where <laughs> leaving church isn't like the fun thing, like, mm-hmm. yes, if you I got me out enough, of here. <laughs> I get to go play with toys. Right. Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, what I try to do is keep a really consistent experience for the child. So I want it to be cheerful in in church, in our pew. Mm-hmm. I want to keep a cheerful atmosphere. And I, I do that when I take the child out, too. So wherever we are, whether we're in our church pew, in the worship service, or if we're in a, a quiet room, I try to keep the atmosphere like the the exact same. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've, I've found that helpful. Um, and I think it's important that we're not making church like the super harsh place in their life. Oh, like, yeah. Like a child has this really, you know, it's fun being a kid, you're home, you're doing fun things. And then church is where mom and dad are like super. Yeah. All of a sudden. You can't, you can't whisper. You can't yeah, move. Yeah, you can't yes, get up. You yes. can't. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, certainly. All of a sudden, this is a place. Yeah, you have to be like and a red mom and dad room. have a whole new, yeah, you know, sort of attitude about everything yes. that they don't have uh-huh. in their daily life about anything else. Yeah. So I think we can mistake, um, where did I write it? Oh, we can mistake meanness for manners. So like, oh. <laughs> like we're that's good. Yeah. We're being really, we're really being mean mm-hmm. in a way, which isn't very. That's mannerly. not mannerly. But you're like, I'm teaching you manners. Yeah, this you, is good manners. You have to learn you're, to like, sit. You're doing bad manners <laughs> right. to teach good manners. Right. So I'm going to tell you to control yourself as I lose self control. Right. That's so. one of my favorite things. That's one of the things that dads struggle with more than anybody. Right. We will tell our kids to be self controlled while yelling at them. Right. So I think that's especially something dads have to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I I try to just keep it cheerful. So like if if a kid is having trouble sitting that long, I don't mind if they lay down. I mm-hmm. sometimes they have toys. If they need to go to the bathroom, I mean, to a point. Yeah. You don't have a 12-year-old with toys like who's like... Right. Yeah. And I don't let them all get up and down all the time. But I'm also remembering that they're people and that that this is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Church should be a highlight. Yes. It's a feast. It's a joy. It is. And, a, and you set the tone, parents. Yes. Yes. You really do. If it's not a feast and a joy for you, mm-hmm. if it is just a burden in your heart and not a, guys, you like pay attention. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Versus pay attention. You know, Be like, quiet, yeah, like, uh, the lady behind us is watching. Yeah. Then yeah. kids can feel that and they'll feed off of that. Right. Um, let's see. So, okay. Be strategic. And also be open to changing your strategy. So I would say <laughs> our our time in be, church... Be fluidly strategic. <laughs> right. I, I really think about... I really think about things with the kids. Like where who sits where. And like right now we've got baby Jack who loves his big brother, mm-hmm. Gideon. Something about Gideon, when he sees him, he wants to mm-hmm. play with him. So... I cannot put him by mm-hmm. where he can see Gideon right now. So there are just things that go into knowing this is going to work better. So just have a game plan. Um, I remember when Gid was a baby, I would um, 
I would sit on the end of the pew and put my mom on the other end where he felt like he was boxed in. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was able to move around, but that was my strategy was I can keep him in this pew. <laughs> um, and I, I would sit where his best friend wasn't behind us. Mm-hmm. Just things like that. Think it through of how you can make this easier for your family, mm-hmm. for your child. Um, and then being ready to change that within a week's time because babies change very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember <laughs> even one time with Shepherd, and this is especially on Sunday nights. After we've done the whole training thing on Sunday morning, I'm a little more flexible on Sunday nights. We brought his high chair and a little bear on DVD and headphones. <laughs> and we were like, whatever we got to do, you know, we were keeping Shepard quiet. But that was just for a little bit. Too. Yeah, and that was, like we said, our... After he had sat through yes. church all morning, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do have a few. Do you, Can I tell you about a few um, toys that have been helpful? Like, yeah. Like, I will, I will check... Uh, yes. Okay. I didn't actually check anything. <laughs> so, yeah. quiet toys, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, and some of the best toys that all of the kids have played with in church, and I'm not exaggerating, like, all of them have played with those cheap thermometers that come in a case. Oh. They would take the thermometer out, put yeah. it back in, take it out, put it in. Then they'd put the case on their finger. I remember that keeping Gideon busy for mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. Which is a long which time. Which is a long time <laughs> when you're dealing with kids. Right. Yeah. And Jack loves a glasses case and oh. pencils. Mm-hmm. And he just sticks pencils in the glasses case and then he pulls the pencils out. So there are just <laughs> little things like that that are probably in your purse that are way... They keep kids busy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've done with the kids is you ball up your fist. And well, <laughs> this sounds like one thing that will really put them to sleep. <laughs> and let them uncurl each finger oh, uh-huh. and count each of your fingers. And then they get all five fingers out and then they can curl them back up one at a time, back into a fist. And I promise you, Jack did that for 10 minutes one time while you were preaching. Because that's how many points my sermon was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are all just quiet things. I also always have a bag of books. And like when Jack was smaller, the touch and feel books kept him busy. Um, and then now he's like in the lift the flat books. Mm. The little people, if you look on Amazon for little people, lift the flaps. They have like every holiday and all of our kids have played with those during church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they get a little older, the look and find books are great. We have some Usborne um, search and find type books. And then of course, a notebook, a pencil goes a long way with preschool, mm-hmm. you know, that, that age group. Um, and then depending on your child, a coin purse with coins is great some of our boys would make a ruckus with that mm-hmm. jack cannot have yeah no he'd be throwing coins everywhere but the girls would stack them very quietly so um those are just a few things that have really worked well for us mm-hmm. i think my sister-in-law amy she'd brought like a an oatmeal mm-hmm. can 
and poked holes in it and then gave them um, pipe cleaners. Yeah. And you can stick the pipe cleaners down in the holes. So, I mean, just there are so many things you could do. Mm-hmm. Look on Pinterest. Quiet toys mm-hmm. like that. And I would say one thing, one thing that I is as you're growing them from kids into young, uh, uh, younger mm-hmm. children into young adults, is that you start moving them into more mature things like mm-hmm. taking notes, yes. having paper, you know, and and I would encourage you ask your pastor for help in terms like we do. So we print off our notes, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the reasons I do that is so that there is something for kids to write on that has the points mm-hmm. on the paper. For them to see, and and even if your pastor's like, so we do PowerPoint or whatever. I do a PowerPoint, and because uh, I I like to let people follow along like that, so I'm you know they don't get lost in in my verboseness. Um, but I guarantee you, if you ask your pastor, like if your pastor doesn't do that, he doesn't do handouts or whatever, which is totally fine. If you asked him, you know, uh, could you make something? Mm-hmm. for my kid or just let me know like in general mm-hmm. you know what pat i mean he's gonna love mm-hmm. doing that because your kids are part of his congregation and like if an adult came up and was like can you get me a little something to i think i think so i think your pastors would love to have parents that are trying to teach mm-hmm. their kids mm-hmm. more so if if you're having trouble, I don't know how to get my kid to transition from doodling to taking notes mm-hmm. or like ask your pastor. He would probably love to help. Yeah, that's good. Um. Okay, so I just have a tiny few more things. More tips? Just a few. You do so much to keep these kids quiet. <laughs> it's a lot of work, yeah. I tell you. Um, I just, I don't know if we, we talked a little bit about this, but the training, this does not happen by magic. So if you see a mom who is with four kids in church, she's put in some work to get there. Mm -hmm. So don't think, why are my kids so bad and hers are so good? Just know I can get there Mm -hmm. and I have to start now. Um, Yeah, but you're not going to get there if you don't start. Right. Don't give up. You know, and 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 it's not kids, ultimately about being that other person. Exactly, it's about being faithful to the Lord in how you raise your children. Right, and His story for you might be different for mm-hmm. her. Like, and for some of our kids have taken a lot longer to yeah. be like personalities are different. Yeah, they have different yeah. personalities, and and that's okay. Boys versus girls. <laughs> I mean, if we raise just girls, <laughs> oh man. How, I mean, we'd have a nice little troop of <laughs> uh, little well-behaved pew, pew sitters. <laughs> Although I do remember Betsy. Betsy, no, no. I think yeah. she sat in a pew in every possible position mm-hmm. known to man. Like, she, she'd be upside down. Yeah, but that ends. It that ends end. for her. Pretty, that <laughs> ended, so she's Betsy, no, no, for a little bit. And then it's like, done. Right. And the boys, it just like continues yeah, in its like own little squirming around. Way, yeah. Um, uh, trust that you will get what you need mm-hmm. from the sermon. And you've talked about this, yes. but just know that the, I think a couple of weeks ago you said what God might have for you today is this, that, yeah. Did I say that on the podcast? Yeah. 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 That that might be what he's wanting to teach mm-hmm. you is you're like, well, I'm missing out. No, maybe this is, maybe this is the lesson. 
yeah, the, how to be mm-hmm. patient mm-hmm. with a, a baby. And, this is the fruit he wanted to grow in you. Yeah. So trust him. He knows what you need. Yeah. And, um, and maybe you need a baby to be crying. Right. It might be the best thing for you mm-hmm. today. Um, teamwork. I want you to, to chime in on this one because chime. do you think this should fall only on mom? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I actually have it yeah. cooperative. I've yeah. got it in my notes. Yeah. It, you don't want the husband staring intently at the pastor, like mm-hmm. they're making notes in his Bible mm-hmm. or, you know, and he's totally in the mom's just like, like a hen, like, you know, trying to gather all these chicks and the dad's totally oblivious. Right. That's not a good picture for the children to see. Right. That's not a good picture for the church to see. Mm-hmm. And I dare say the father's probably learning less than he would if he were being a faithful husband and a faithful father. Uh, yeah, so it's certainly cooperative. And it's more than just cooperative in the pew. Mm-hmm. It's cooperative in the home. Right. Leading up to. Yeah. So if you're, a, if you're a husband who's not leading your family in family worship or Bible reading, then you're forcing the wife to deal with your weekly laziness. Mm-hmm. Because now on Sunday... Your kids aren't ready mm-hmm. and they don't, they're not prepared. They, they haven't ever thought about the Lord all week. They mm-hmm. haven't worshiped and your wife is and your blustered. wife is having to deal with it right. and you're just watching mm-hmm. and that's, that, like get the kids that in mind. <laughs> doubles your, your sin there right? because she's having to deal with the consequences of your laziness throughout the week. And now you're being lazy and not even helping her mm-hmm. when she's cleaning up your mess. Mm-hmm. So it certainly, it certainly needs to be cooperative. The yeah. husband should be uh helping before mm-hmm. the 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 church service ever begins throughout mm-hmm. the week by leading his family mm-hmm. in these things and then he should lead the family mm-hmm. in these things in the pew right now i have to brag on we had a, a couple come and stay from california mm-hmm. a few weeks ago nick and libby um and they had a, a baby and it's their first, and I was so impressed by their cooperation. They kind of, did you notice how they would swap? Like, he would take Haddon and do a little. Yes. He'd yeah. walk around with yeah. him, take him to the back. Then he'd come sit down, she'd take him. Um, and I never saw one getting flustered with the other. Nick was very flustered when you weren't <laughs> around, when he told me, like, you would not believe. No, yeah, I was, like, that's very rare for, especially a first-time parent. Yeah. That and tends to be I thought they were a flustered. great model of what yeah. it should look like. Yeah, you very were, early on. Very this early is on. your child mm-hmm. together, and you were training this child yes. together. And yes, It was kind of beautiful to see. Um, and if you do, if you don't have a husband there, or... You like if your you're wife there. if you're a pastor's wife, or if you're a father who's bringing his kids, right, and his wife doesn't want to come to church. True. Yes. Um, I would, I would, I would encourage you to ask someone in the church to help you. Um, I oh, have, yes, I have my yes. mom. Because we were talking about they would love to. We were talking about the teamwork thing. Yeah. Um, my mom helps me so much because sometimes a baby falls asleep on you, and another kid needs to go to the bathroom. And it's so nice to have someone that you could say, "Hey, can you, can you?" Uh, yeah, I think your church body is a is a very underused mm-hmm. help in this. Yeah. I think a lot of people would love to be able to help yeah. in this way, and we're afraid. So this is where we get the picture wrong. We think our child's creating a problem for everybody, mm-hmm. and everyone would really just love to help us with the kid mm-hmm. if they could. 
Do you yeah. want me to take him for a second? Do you want me to... Yeah, and they're you might all, have to really, ask. And because they're afraid to ask. Right. Because they don't want it to look like they're saying, you're failing. Yeah. And, Let me do it. And we're just tim- we're just weirdly timid yeah. about things yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So, I yeah, I mean, go. If you see, like, if there's a couple that doesn't have children that are older or whatever that you have a good rapport with. Yeah, hopefully this isn't the first time you've talked to them. Yeah. Yeah. You could say, hey, can, uh, hey uh, do you have any kids? Can we I sit by so. you? Can mm. you be our pew buddies? And I'm sure that And let them know that. why. Be like, mm-hmm. I'm really trying to get worship down and mm-hmm. you just need a little helping hand. Uh, yeah. You know, and then they love you. Yeah. And then my very last thing would be... Number 38. <laughs> this has been fast. Um, when you do succeed... In this, don't turn smug. Uh, <laughs> and I can yeah. tell you, this is a common temptation. Um, when we when we finally make it to a a stage, mm-hmm. like we have we have conquered the the squirrely children in church, it can be so tempting to look at other people and be like, oh, uh, my kid was trained as uh, that by church. that time. Yeah. yeah. And just don't. Just be kind. Be gracious. Well, that's, yeah, that's just ungodly. It is. To be but like that. It's, a, it's yeah. a temptation. So yeah. you want to always. Is there temptation to ungodliness? You always want to. Um, because pride comes before the fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And God opposes the proud. Yeah. You as just, we were talking about in First Peter, if you have those thoughts. God is now opposing you. Yeah. And you that's need not to, a good place to be. You need to, to not do that. Yeah. So. All right. Those are really good tips, Leslie. They're so good and so rich that when I look at the time that we're at, we're already well over an hour. Yeah. Uh, so we're not going to do any jello salads. We're not even going to do our verses for the week. We'll keep those for the next podcast, which okay. may be recorded tomorrow for right. all I know. Because I have a good verse I want to share. Um, so. I have good verses too. Uh, verses because I'm a pastor. Um, and I've got a pretty good jello salad I wanted to share, but I, we just really hope that that has helped you guys. This mm-hmm. talk on, uh, children and worship and just the blessing that there is, that is. And, um, if, if anything, I would say we want you to just in your worship, have a faithful, like have it. Have your faith encompass everything, even the raising of your family, mm-hmm. be raising them, not just in the faith, but raising them in faith, mm-hmm. uh, trusting God's word, trusting God's promises, trusting God's power, uh, and then and then faithfully leading them. I mean, this is a battle for your kids. Mm-hmm. You are. This is one of the very first trench line battles you can get in for your children. Mm-hmm. Is you know showing them what worship is, both in teaching them and in demonstrating it experientially for them to see. So it's a worthy battle. Mm-hmm. So we hope these tips and uh, we hope both the foundation that we've pulled up from the scripture and the tips that Leslie's given you uh, will be uh, helpful. Um, so anyway, thanks thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, like this question came from Ask the Podcast, send an send a email to askthepodcast at gmail.com. As always, leave a review on iTunes, uh, Google Play. We love those. We ask that not just because we want to get shares and stuff like that up to get Christian podcasts as 
you know, conquering the airwaves. Um, we like to read them. They're really <laughs> sweet. We're going to be like, look at what someone Aww. said. This was so nice. Uh, so even just for our for our sake, uh, leave a review, uh, share wherever you can. And really just want to thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll see you back here next time. Bye.